It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A Supreme Court decision. Meanwhile, the government's preparing a £25 million ad campaign to encourage people to reduce their energy bills. Yeah, I think we've all tried to do that already, haven't we? And Royal Mail workers start a 48-hour strike today, bit fears by the retail sector that it could cripple Black Friday sales. Uh, the time right now is 6.33. This is Talk Breakfast. Oh, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Uh, lots to talk about, as always. Lots of top guests, as always. And they include, of course, uh, my guest in the studio all this morning, Alan Tolhurst, Chief Reporter of Politics at Home. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, um, it does feel like sort of a bit sort of, is it yesterday's story when it comes to Nicola Sturgeon, but it's yeah. going to be tomorrow's and the next, and the next general election story as well. Yeah. Um, this was a major decision by the Supreme Court yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think I think it was, if you if you were going to put money on it, this was the most likely uh, outcome from the Supreme Court. They were told there were four different options where they could say, oh, we know we don't have this right on this or, or whatever. But basically, Scottish government said, we, we want to find out from the court, do we have the right to hold even an advisory, not even a legally yeah. binding referendum uh, on as leaving the, uh, the UK and the five gu- judges came back and said nope nope you don't it is not a devolved power it's a uh, power held in Westminster and you can't hold even an advisory one um, we're back in sort of Catalonia territory aren't we all we remember those that, all that years ago so the reaction from Nicola Sturgeon and her SNP leadership is basically right well we're going to turn the next general election into a referendum if you if you vote for us if we get a majority then that is a de facto referendum on independence now it's all very well her saying that but that's not necessarily the case. But my key question to you today is, is um, what, was this all part of the plan? Because I'm not entirely convinced that Nicola Sturgeon really wants a second referendum. Well, I don't necessarily think she wanted one now. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think part of it is, especially for the SNP, is that they, they continue to obviously be the, the most powerful uh, pro-independence uh, party. And so therefore for them... It's really about kind of not being the uh, the wronged party or the, or the oppressed party, but, but certainly being the ones who are pushing against the yoke of Westminster tyranny, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so for them, <laughs> I, I suppose it does help that they seem to be continually sort of thwarted yeah. by the establishment, whether it be the Supreme Court, whether it be the the government, the, to- of Westminster, the, the Tories in Westminster, it, the the English generally. Exactly. I mean, the grievance narrative is now completely just on the, this this idea that well, it's not you know this isn't a voluntary. Uh, relationship. This is something that is, you know, we have no right to leave. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, basically, you know, abused wife type territory here, aren't we? Um, but this leaves aside this small point. I do feel small point that we did have a referendum only was it, eight years, eight ago. years ago. Um, I mean, lots of referendums. They all blend into, you know, background. Um, and it was a once in a generation uh, a referendum. Um, 
Things have changed. Yeah. In terms of, um, we are in a situation where you know, one of the arguments for for not voting leave was that you'd have to leave the EU. Right. Exactly. And, and now, and actually, they've left the EU as part of the UK, but could rejoin, or could they? I mean. Let's, I mean, looking forward to that wall being built um, to, uh, when we have that hard border between Scotland and England. I mean, that'll be a fun. Uh, I mean, mm. we, you, well, you, mentioned, a... you mentioned Catalonia. That's one of the, I yeah. think, one of the big barriers actually to yeah. Scottish reentry was that, that Spain would obviously veto it in the same way that they obviously don't want to see. Catalonia Although they've hinted previously they might not do that. But the, the key thing is the Scottish people, even those who are pro-independence, there is not a majority who want there to be a referendum in the next few years. Right. And the majority, big strong majority of, of Scottish people overall don't want to have another referendum. It was very divisive. It got very nasty. Yeah. And I think the general view is, can you get on with running the country and get us out of this economic mess? Now, um, is, she, is she therefore at risk of sort of putting everything on the line? And, I, I may, think... and it may not pay off. Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. I suppose if you're if you're the leader of a party whose sole aim, well, not sole aim, obviously, but their main aim is to to get independence, it in a sense, because she's been there for a long time now. She's been left a lot longer than you, you think as as leader of this party. You know, I think for her, it's about thinking about what her legacy is. What's her? Yeah. What? How does she exit the political stage, which she's going to have to do at some point in the next few years? Yeah, because Alex Salmond resigned, of course, after the losing that referendum. It, exactly, and so it's what does she? What's her legacy? How does she go? I guess. Even if she doesn't lead the country out, in, out of the United Kingdom into independence, if she can put something down that starts that process, that gets that process going again, then that would be something. Obviously, this is a bit of a knock to it. If she did get that 50% that she's been talking about, that therefore would be showing that there was a a, a majority who yeah. wanted independence, or, or theoretically, then I think that would help towards that. But I think for, for her, it is puts her in a very tricky position. Is that, like you say, she's she's gambled on this on this happening. And obviously, it's 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 not up to her in terms of how it works. Oh, exactly. I mean, the interesting thing, of course, it seems to be very very clear. If there were a majority of people in Scotland who said they wanted to have another referendum now, the polling was really really clear on that. Uh, and 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 you know, you have seen that material change in circumstance mm. and the like. I I think it would be untenable for the Westminster government not to grant that. And I right. think it would be morally wrong for them not to run, even if it was legally their right to say no, you can't have one. I think yeah. it would be the wrong thing to do. I th- I think basically, you know, call a bluff. I genuinely, I think it'd be hilarious. Call about, or, or as I suggested yesterday on Twitter, um, I think we should do. We should, we should have a first referendum on Scottish independence, but this time we let the rest of the UK vote. I'd be fascinated to see how England votes. I'd love to hear from you on this as well. So Nicholas Sturgeon vows to make the next general election into a referendum on Scottish independence. I want you to simply, what is your reaction? Just tell me what you what you make of what she's had to say. You can tweet me at Talk TV. You can text the word Talk to you eight seven triple two, and then uh, the rest of your message. Let's talk about other events um, happening today. Um, basically, the whole winter of discontent, mm. uh, misery, cost of living misery is is fully upon us. Um, strikes in, well, staying with Scotland, Scottish schools uh, yeah. are, are out today, and some Scottish uh, teaching unions out. Uh, students across the country are seeing strikes by their lecturers. I'm, I'm not sure a lot of them will notice this, frankly. I would not have noticed there been a, if there'd been a university lecturer strike when I was at university. I'm not sure. I think it would have taken me at least a year to work that one out. Um, Royal Mail, that, that their 48-hour strike, that's probably the one that's going to see most people notice it. Yep. Certainly as we head into Black Friday shopping tomorrow. Um, I have to say, though, Black Friday is not a thing. We don't have Thanksgiving. I'm going to do this every day. 
and Sylvia's going, Black Friday's not a thing. We don't no. have Thanksgiving in this country. It's an American thing. And Black Friday is related to that holiday. It's not a thing for us. I don't know why it's been imported here by you know Amazon and everyone originally. Uh, but we're stuck with it. But you do. And we, and we, we spoke to someone from Witch earlier in the week who pointed out that actually only one in seven of the deals on offer are oh, actually yeah. proper deals. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's up there with Blue Monday as being my yeah. least favourite sort of made up holiday. Really. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's not it's, a thing. No. It's not a thing. But anyway, um, we've got, of course, the rail strikes, all yeah. that threat. We talked about that a lot on the show yesterday. Mark Harper, the Transport Secretary, he's meeting um, the RMT today. Um, Grant Shapps, the previous, I mean, there have probably been three or four in between. Yeah. It's difficult to keep yep. up these days. Um, uh, but Mark Harper is going to meet them. But Grant Shapps, his predecessor, always made a point that he would not meet with these people. And yet the, the rail leaders have always said, but we, we're not negotiating with the person who holds the purse strings. And yeah. You can't negotiate with Network Rail or the train operating companies because ultimately it's the government who's going to decide what pay deal we get. Do you think that anything will come out of this meeting with Mark Harper? Well, as you said, Grant Shapps would always, was always sort of stayed out of it, but the rail companies and actually the unions especially said that there was no mandate in the talks. As in, If Grant Shapps didn't allow it, there was no mandate in the talks for them to come to an agreement that would end a lot of this, uh, end this problem. And, you know, Transport always denied it, but the, the Trade Union Congress and other unions had legal advice that showed that they needed this mandate to happen in order for the talks to come to a conclusion. And the big question now is, is Mark Harper going to allow for a mandate for talks between the, the rail delivery group, these rail companies and the unions. If so, then we could see movement on it. But the fact is the RMT, they you know, they say they've got enough in their strike fund to yeah. keep these strikes going until next year, the middle of next year. So unless that happens, I can see this this stalemate happening for a good few months now. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we saw, you know, they, they've realised that actually striking on commuter days, well, actually, there aren't that many people who commute anymore. One of the reasons why they're not going to get the deal they want is because there isn't any money left yeah, yeah. Uh, because people are not, they build out the railways and, and not that many people are using them. But people can work from home a lot. The sort of people who get the trains to work yeah. are the sort of people who can probably work from home on those days. However, choosing to strike over a lot of the festive season when a lot of people, you know, basically sort of the weekend when kids are off, come off school um, and, and when people are returning to work and, and work to rule throughout that entire four-week period, uh, which means no overtime, which means there'll be far fewer trains and lots of last-minute cancellations. I mean, you know, that is going to really affect an awful lot of people who don't normally use the trains. And I think a lot of the reason why there's been quite a lot of support for the rail workers, and there really has, mm. um, is that, well, most people don't get the trains. What do they care? There's a bit more traffic on the day, but they're not left completely in the lurch yeah yeah um, in, in the same way that a tube strike necessarily in London effect, yeah. Well, well, yeah exactly and most people just um, are not affected well an awful lot more people will be affected and and again this is the the first Christmas since 2019 that could be a normal Christmas right yeah there's no there's no tiers we're not working out who's in tier 3 and who's in Don't. tier 4 and you can go across and all that kind of stuff it's, it's, you want to almost try and forget about it but I, <laughs> I refuse to until everyone apologises um, but yeah I think what's interesting is that it clearly plays into this, this idea that what we're seeing across a lot of unions is trying to create maximum disruption so therefore coordinated strikes we're not going to have a, a general strike that's it's yeah. impossible but you can have coordinated strikes so that for example the PCS union who represent a lot of civil servants we're talking about having a strike at the same time as maybe unite and so therefore that if you knock out 
different bits of the transport network yeah. or different bit of the border network, then you can really cause massive problems on the same day. And therefore, as you say, the, the RMT are now focusing on these periods when they are going to cause that kind of maximum do you, And Do you think it, there is a level of coordination going on? Because there's some evidence that that is the case. Um, and, and how much of this is, look, this, we, just, we need to you know flex our muscles and we genuinely do need these pay rises. And, and, and again, we'll com- completely understand why people want to have those pay rises, which in effect will actually be just going back up to you know, real terms, uh, yeah. no, not even a pay yeah, um, yeah. But but it is a lot of it also. Yeah, let's bring down a Tory government. Well, I can't speak for the the, the people in the uh, PCS or FDA union or whatever. But I do I do think that the, clearly the fact is that it, the signal from the autumn statement was was pretty clear that it's yeah. not going to see these inflation matching pay rises. As therefore, it's still talking about three percent, maybe two yeah. percent only for pay rises, you know, and given that we're seeing inflation still running at 11%, I can see why they want to try and put the squeeze on so that the government has to act. Absolutely. Well, 6.43 is the time. We'll look at the newspapers uh, coming up next. Uh, Coming up at 7 o'clock, I'm going to be talking to the levelling up secretary, Michael Gove. This is Talk Breakfast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.